of the living geek. Moshimoshi, welcome to episode number 23 of Super Sugoi Cast. I'm Alex. And I'm Justin. This week we're going to finish up our look at Puella Magi Madoko Magica. Yeah, it's a hard thing to say. It is. It's a lot of words that all sound very similar. Yeah, and I still have no <laughs> idea what it actually means. I just call it Madoko Magica because yeah, that's it's easier. Just easier, simpler. Yeah. Madoka. There's not a lot of animes I'm, that are called Madoka. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out why they call Puella Magi Magi for magic. I just don't know what Puella means. It's probably something in another language. Yeah, which? I don't know what. Anywho. I think of paella. Which I still don't, I don't know what that is, but I hear it on the food shows all the time. Like papyrus. <laughs> papyrus is a paper. Anywho, we watched episodes 7 through 12. You can find it on Crunchyroll, Netflix, Hulu, and Anime Planet. Just in case anybody was not here last week, the plot, in very basic form, Maroka Kaname must choose whether or not to become a magical girl. Yep. Extremely simple plot. But this is one of those shows where a lot of stuff happens, even though nothing happens. there's nothing that happens. Yeah, it's kind mm-hmm. of... <laughs> I mean, I kind of agree with that, but I don't at the same time. Well, I mean, if you look at like all the random stuff that happened in each episode mm-hmm. and compared it to like last week's Food Wars, where mm-hmm. absolutely nothing happened in all of those episodes, in this one there's so many little details that end up happening in each episode, it's hard to go over everything. Mm. Yeah, fair enough. When we left off, the girls actually found out that soul gems contain their entire souls inside of them, mm-hmm. and their bodies are just empty shells, basically. They're zombies. It kind of sends pretty much all the magical girls in a downward spiral. Like, it, it kind of really loses. Does. Yeah. It's crazy. They really freak out, and honestly, I'm kind of with Kyube on this, and I'm like, it's easier just not to say anything you won't die like it's easier to go into battle with these witches he's like human bodies can't handle fighting against witches so we take your soul out yeah so that way you can fight witches and when he's explaining it he like shows them a test and he like i don't know how like mental links the soul gem and like does damage to it yeah and like the body just crumples yeah because they can feel pain yeah whereas without the soul gem inside they can't feel as much pain like they think they're feeling pain but they're really not not. and they can keep going yeah so it's like i don't know i don't think of it as that bad of a thing to be honest so i I wouldn't i don't think i would have freaked out as much as they did but you know. But the one who freaks out the most is Sayaka. Again, she's one of the ones who decided to make the wish and become a magical girl for probably all the wrong reasons. Yeah, she really did. And then the guy she's decided to save doesn't love her, but seems that her friend loves him, and it just sends her into a really dark yeah. like time. And, you know, you go thinking like other... Like, I think Madoka was like, well, why don't you just tell him how you feel? And mm-hmm. she's like, well, how can I? I'm a zombie now. Yeah, you she's know, all like, like I'm not even it. human anymore. But it's like, you still have your freaking soul. You still have the thoughts and the same emotions. You're obviously so upset about it that you're crying. Right. Just you still, do it. You're still there. Yeah, you still have a soul. It's just not in, in the same place where but it you're was still, before. Yeah, it's so like, her moodiness is dumb. It is. It, I, I find it that it's misplaced, but I mean, that's just us. I'm sure there are a lot of other people who would probably feel more like they do. You end up finding out, and this is kind of what I guessed in the last episode. Yeah, I don't know how you did that. I don't know. I, was I got so, skills. I was impressed and upset at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so the magical girls are just 
basically witches in a younger stage. Yeah. So once they don't cure their soul enough and it goes black, it turns into a grief seed which spawns witches. Which is why Cubay is technically known as the incubator. He keeps them as little eggs until mm-hmm. they till they hatch. When Cubay finally just like told them that this is what happens and pops the top off the lid of the secret. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Like I was like, oh snap. You yeah. know, like that's a big thing. It is I was a big like, thing. Oh, what? You know, they're actually this is what happens to them and then Justin's over here just like, eh. <laughs> it, it didn't phase me. I expected it. Basically, since Sayaka's losing her mind, mad depression, her soul gem is vastly darkening more so than anybody else, and she keeps fighting, like, other witches, and even if they're not witches, she's still just fighting their, like, images. And she went crazy fighting this one, like, she just, like, straight up ran after it and went full dark side and just started, like, stabbing it and laughing, and was like, I can't feel anything, huh? Yeah, exactly. And it was like, oh my god. So bad. What is happening? Madoka's watching this going, like, oh my god, my friend's killing herself, but at the same time, like... People tried to save her, telling her she needs to stop wasting her energy and the good pureness of her soul on things that aren't even witches, because at this point she needs a grief seed to save her life. But she was just too far gone Mm -hmm. to even care at this point. She's like, well, what's the point of saving me? Because I'm not, I don't have a soul. And this is something I think, and this is really on Kyubei, but he needs to explain to them that your wish has repercussions. All magic comes with a price. Exactly. Even if you wish for everything, like, there's always going to be some kind of a cost. And hers was losing her mind. Yeah, pretty much. Well, hers... See, the thing is, you're not supposed to let grief and sadness and all that kind of stuff... You're not supposed to lose hope. Yeah. Because once you start losing hope, you start falling into the dark side. You start Mm -hmm. getting depressed, and that's when you turn into a witch. So, Kyube needs to do a better job of finding more emotionally stable people. Like, I couldn't do it. Because my depression, That's I would have thing. turned into he a witch He doesn't instantly. care. The way he describes it, because he's an alien, and technically the way the magic girls are working... That's true. They turn into witches, and then other magic girls kill the witches, which then disperses the energy back out into whatever, like, universe they're in. Right. And that, like, feeds them the way, right way to go. That, and he doesn't even understand emotions in the first place. Exactly. He's like a Vulcan times ten. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he wouldn't even get it regardless. Yeah. Homura tries to, like kill Sayaka because she knows she's going dark side but and she doesn't want Madoka to see that Kyoko I think is her name decides that she's going to try to save her and she brings Madoka into it and they try to save Sayaka when she's in her witch form try to see if they can get her to turn back into her soul which is stupid because they were like it's it's already gone yeah even Kyube was like well it's never happened before so I don't think that you can save her but I mean if you want to try go ahead you kind of find out like later on when Homura like accuses Kyube of just like letting that happen even though he knew it wasn't going to work as just sending another magical girl going into there to die. And also, because he wants Madoka to change so much, it was another way to yeah. make it so that Homura was going to fight this giant like witch that was going to be coming in on her own, which would make Madoka sacrifice herself and become a magical girl. So in this fight against new witch Sayaka, Kyoko ends up sacrificing herself in order to save Madoka and Homura. Mm-hmm. So... Th- the, the other two get out just like the last minute as Kyoko decides to destroy by, I don't know, using Like self-exploding Yeah, she soul. like self-exploded, basically. And then after that, we got a little bit of Homura's backstory, yeah. which was really interesting for me. 
So it's an alternate timeline. We end up seeing that Homura is saved by Madoka and Mami, who are already magical girls. Mm-hmm. And she ends up being, you know, entranced by a witch, but they ended up saving her. Yep. And so she makes a contract after Madoka and Mami end up dying fighting the Walpurgis Noct, and she wishes to go back and protect Madoka. Mm-hmm. And that's how she gets her time magic. You end up finding out why Madoka is such like a high powerful attempting to be like magical girl is because Homura keeps going back through time several times over and over and over and by doing so it's increasing her uh, Madoka's like potential basically because yeah, all these timelines are now focused on Madoka yep. so all this energy is going into her and Homura keeps going back because she cannot change what's happening nope she Madoka always ends up making contract and dying so or almost dying or something at one point it was like crazy and she tra- Homura tried to tell everybody about what was happening mm-hmm. and they all decided to like start killing each other yeah and like it was mass like, suicide because they realized how bad it is yeah to become a witch right so then Homura was like well i gotta go back even further than this i'm just gonna try to keep madoka from meeting kyubei at all because mm-hmm. she only met kyubei like a week before Homura did yeah so she's like if i go back there maybe i can stop all of this from happening and, and then that brings us to the current timeline that the show has you in. So I thought that that was really interesting because then we, we understand what has happened. Yeah, you get a pretty good explanation at least. Yeah, to see why she is that way mm-hmm. and what she's trying to do yep. and why the entire show is focused on Madoka doing nothing, basically. Yep. <laughs> basically. So the Walpurgis Noct ends up coming and Homura tries to fight it by herself. Because she's the only one. Right, everybody else is dead now. Yep. She ends up almost dying, and Madoka makes a wish. But what she wishes for is to erase all witches from ever existing. Yep. You know, it's a pretty good wish, I think. And Cuba is like, well, with all this potential because of all these timelines, I mean, we'll see what happens. But yeah, it could probably happen. Yeah, considering that they're supposed to be able to make any wish come true. Right. So she then becomes like a god, basically, yep. and ends up rewriting the entire rules of the universe. And Homura is not dead yet so she ends up living and she's the only one who technically remembers her yeah she's the only one that's there madoka actually does kind of turn into the god she fights all the witches or whatever that happens to come through and saves all the magical girls yeah she takes on all the grief and sadness that they would have taken on her consequences of becoming this said god is that everybody forgets who she really is her mom her brother her dad like no one knows who she is except for homura and all the witches are gone now. There's no such things as witches. Magical girls, instead of turning into witches, they just kind of disappear and die. Yeah. So, I mean, that's good but for them. at the same time, now there's something else that's different. Kyubei is actually there in this new time, and he seems to be a good person now, or yeah, a good alien. he's like more working with them. Yeah, on killing what is now the new thing, which are like phantoms. Yeah, wraiths. Wraiths, sorry. Yeah. They're just like the ill will of humans and, you know, that's so, what they destroy and, now. And the team, if I remember right, it's like it's um, Homura, Mommy too, right? Because mm-hmm. she's supposedly back. Yeah, Mommy's back. Sayaka's so, back. Mm-hmm. It's like they're now, that's Kyoko's the team. there. Yeah. And now Homura, she she ended up going into like this other plane or this other dimension and talking with Madoka mm-hmm. and was like, oh, I can't believe that you did this and, you know, what's going to happen? And she's like, oh, well, don't forget me and, you know, all this stuff. So Madoka gave her her fancy hair ribbons yep. to remember her by because it's like the only thing she had left <laughs> mm, yeah and um, it's a really weird scene it kind of was they were just like all spiritual and yeah weird 
So now Homura ends up using a bow just like Madoka did when mm-hmm. she was a magical girl. Which is interesting because now she no longer has time magic, I guess. I think she does. So now she has both? It, did, it didn't really fully explain that. Well, maybe, no, maybe she wouldn't. She'd just have, like, whatever power because of the fact that, yeah, she would have never made the original wish to become a time-traveling person because she doesn't need to save Madoka anymore. I don't know. Yeah. Well, anyway, <laughs> so that's what happened. And <laughs> Overall, I still didn't care for the show. It was too slow, didn't have a whole lot of depth, in a sense, and just, it was really overall weird. I thought there was a lot of depth, and that's eh. why I really liked it, yeah. and... I don't know. I guess I, I kind of I felt like I understood a lot of it mm-hmm. because of the amount of darkness and stuff that was in it. I don't know. I'm not saying you guys shouldn't watch it. It's still a decent show to watch. It's just not something I think I would continue to watch if there's more than the 12 episodes. I don't see myself watching the movie. Did you not like any of the characters? No, I thought they were all too whiny. Not Sailor Moon whiny, but they were all too whiny. Okay, well, if Kyubei appeared to you, would you make the contract to become a magical boy? Yeah, I would. What kind of power would you want? I would do it too. That's like an on-spot question, but I'd probably ask for like invulnerability. If yeah. I'm going to be fighting witches all the dang time, I'd make myself so that I can't die. Yeah, I mean, that would be the smart thing. <laughs> like, I don't know what repercussions would come with that. Maybe self-destruction because nothing can hurt me and maybe I would lose my feelings because of that. That's You'd probably, yeah, you'd probably have no feelings anymore. Something, who you knows? You would just be like, blank. Yeah. I think my willpower could fight through that enough to be like, I'm still doing what I'm supposed to well, do. Well, not if you did and give you any. Like, if just it takes saying. it away, you can't just randomly have some. You know, there's some heroes that aren't supposed to have certain things, and they push through and they get it, so. I know what you would want. You would want speed. I could use speed because I'm very slow. Yeah. Speaking of speed, we brought up another anime that we started watching called Yoa Mushi Pedal, and we watched episodes 1 through 6 of 38. This anime was actually suggested to us by Twitter user Sinok, so thank you for that. Yes, thank you very much for suggesting it. So far, I like it. I do too. I mean, it's okay. I like it more. It's a, it's a sports anime. Uh, it's a sports shonen anime. And it's about bikes. And it's about bikes. I like it more than Ace of Diamond, but I don't like it as much as Haikyuu. I think you just hate baseball. No, but it is. But I mean, you know, we're only six episodes in, yeah. so we'll see how the story progresses. Because thirty-eight episodes is a lot, yeah. so I and can see a lot happening. We'll get into it after we cover some of the basics. Um, you can find it again on Crunchyroll, Hulu, Anime Planet, and it started as a weekly manga in two thousand eight. Uh, the anime started five years later in twenty thirteen. They currently have 45 volumes of the manga, so it's doing quite well for it itself. Is. Yeah. And it also won Kodansha's Best Shonen Manga Award just last year in 2015. Wow. Uh, and, and again, another shonen manga that decides to win an award. Like, it was its choice to win the award, but it's so good that it did. <laughs> it and it decided seems like to win. <laughs> almost every shonen we decide to watch ends up having an award of some form. Well, that's probably why they get turned into animes, though. Yeah. Because they do so well. The plot follows Onoda Sakamichi, and he discovers that he has a talent as a cyclist and decides to join the high school team. Yeah, that's basically the premise. Yeah, and it I kind mean, of seems to be the premise for any high school sports show that yeah, we seem to be watching all right of now. a sudden they realize, oh, I can do this, and then they join the team. Yeah, like, <laughs> so far the three we've watched, Ace of Diamond, the guy kind of just had natural talent, and he was like, all right, I'll play high school ball. The volleyball player really, really wanted to play it. Didn't have a whole lot of skills, but he had the chance to be really skillful, plays it. And this one's like, we're going even farther behind it. This guy has no skill set, really nerdy. Well, he doesn't realize. He doesn't realize it, but he like, you don't even have an inkling that this guy even wants to. He's wanting to start an anime club because they got shut down. 
And by the time you get through your first six episodes, he's now trying to join the cyclist team as high school. That's his whole thing. He mm-hmm. doesn't even want to be a bike person at all. He yeah. rides his bike because that's what he has and he uses it to get to his anime and his manga and, you know, yeah. that's kind of, that's it, really. Yeah. That's it's, all he cares about. I mean, it's cool too is this, again, it's like another show that uses real places in Japan. The whole thing is he rides what's known as a mommy bike. It's just like an everyday, like, back and forth kind of bike. Usually has a basket on it, only one gear. And he uses the bike to get to Akihabara and back, which ends up being, like, 90 kilometers. And because of that, he ends up, like, I guess, building up some really good leg strength. And I can imagine. They end up kind of going more in-depth and explaining to you how that is, but we'll kind of get into that as we digress through more of the episodes. So he just starts high school. Yeah. And he is trying to, like Justin said, get into the anime club. There is no anime club. Mm-hmm. But he ends up... The way to get into school is on this, like, giant slope. Well, there's two entrances, actually. There are. But one is a giant slope and the other is a not-so-giant slope. Mm-hmm. And he rides his bike up the giant slope because he wants to go sing all of his embarrassing anime theme songs by himself without yeah, people listening. Exactly. Well, this really fancy bike enthusiast guy ends up seeing him up there and he's just riding his crappy mama's bike, you mm-hmm. know? And the guy's like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing, you know? And he just kind of goes past or whatever. Yeah. Well, but then he actually sees that this guy, he made it all the way up there and yep. he really wasn't trying all that hard. Yeah. And, you know, he's like, this guy may actually have some skill. And he's like, I yeah. don't like that because well, he, he's riding a, a crappy bike. Yeah, He know, shouldn't be able to do this. He ends up basically seemed to, to go down the hill and the kid's telling him like, hey, I'm going to be going to Akihabara or whatever. Yeah. I'm going to go get these new Blu-rays that came out. Yeah. And the guy's like, there's no way you're going to make it down the hill and or to Akihabara because it's like 45 kilometers away from here. Yeah, it's going to take you like three hours to get there. If, yeah, And exactly. the guy's like, but I go once a week. And so the fancy guy was like, what yeah he and he just kind of like didn't like him i think because he thought he was i don't know i don't know he thought he was joking yeah Yeah. so he's like this guy i don't like this guy yeah you know his name's imaizumi and he ends up challenging onoda to a race it starts off like down the street and they have to go down the block and then go all the way back up to the school Mm -hmm. and the first one to get there wins and onoda was like well i don't really you know i'm not interested i really don't want to do this and imaizumi was like well i see you have some anime club posters that you're trying to yeah get that thing started back up how about if you win i'll join your club and he's like oh well okay then he's like well i guess you know i'll see you at the first meeting and the guy's like what like where is this where is this confidence coming from i don't like this exactly this race ends up taking up like three episodes it does and it's not a bad thing because you know it it was interesting and everything onoda barely lost in this race like i think halfway through the race he finds out that his seat wasn't adjusted properly or something yeah and it's like if his seat would have been in the proper position from the start he might have been okay. he probably would have won which yeah. is ridiculous because this guy's riding like this fancy road like 20, racer bike uh, and 20 speed like 20 gear speed like bike which yeah. is meant for road racing yeah i yeah. don't even know how that works because I, I i can barely ride a bike myself <laughs> but it looks fancy and the guy is wearing like a fancy cycling well, suit like, this and guy's everything not just a and... bike enthusiast like you're making him out to be he's like a legit racer he races in competitions and things like that well that's more than just a bike enthusiast in, competitions as in school competitions yeah, also regular ones oh I but don't he, that. he's going out for the bicycle team because he wants to race and try to beat this guy that he lost in his like eighth grade speed bike competition right anyway so not a lost like we said but yeah, just barely just barely but 
Imaizumi ended up turning into this nice dude.、Mm-hmm. And, you know, like the next day, he sees Onoda going out of his classroom or whatever. And he's like, hey, so I know some people and I told them about your anime club. So we'll see if they join. Yeah. And, I, and when that happened, I was like, oh. Yeah, it was、what? really cool. It was nice of the guy. <laughs> Onoda's like, oh, I, I have a friend now. You yeah. Know? And then I don't know, did you watch the very end of that episode? No, not, I guess not, not after when, the credits. Yeah, once you, once you get through the credits, there's a little extra scene.、No. Well, Onoda went to Akihabara and he bought him. He bought the soundtrack to, to Love Hime,、yeah. the, the anime that he watched, and he left it on Imaizumi's desk.、Oh, so that way、cool. he would watch it and stuff. And so I, he gets there and he sees the present and he's like, <laughs> I don't know what to do with this, but you know. I, yeah, I didn't see that. That's pretty funny. <laughs> it is, yeah. But, like, so this is where I guess it really gets interesting because Onada's been such like, a, a loner basically his whole time. He's always just watched anime s、yeah. and read mangas. And he, he really is just he like the nerdy his, kid yeah, that he, nobody talks to.、Um, what's the word for that?、Uh, an otaku. An otaku, yeah. yeah. He's, he's always just stayed out of his way, never wanted to be noticed. And all of a sudden now he has this guy who's really popular among the, the females. He's. Got friends, and he starts to notice this guy, and he's talking to him. So now he's kind of made himself some sort of a friend. And then Onada ends up going to Akihabara one day, and you actually see him make the trip there.、Mm-hmm. And he ends up meeting some random guy there. Yeah, his name's Naruko. Yeah. Not Naruto, but, but Naruko. Naruko. And he's from Osaka. He's this new guy that just moved into town,、mm-hmm. and he's out there. This guy's like super outgoing, outgoing and、yeah. like in your face. The exact and... opposite of Otaku. Well, and the exact opposite of Imaizumi, too. Yeah. <laughs> It's just like this totally random dude. Yeah. But、um, turns、uh-huh. out he's a new guy at. Onoda school,、yeah. which is also the Imaizumi school. So they all end up joining the cycling club, yeah, but they didn't really know it. He's a bike guy too, but here's what you kind of missed during the time that he rides with Onoda at、uh, Akihabara because they're going to be riding home together. He,、mm-hmm. He's also on a speed bike too. Yeah. And he sees that Onoda's on his mommy bike, but he points out that Onoda has two gears all of a sudden. And he's been using this really small main front gear, and because of that, it was limiting his overall speed, which means he lost that race again, not because of only his seat, but because he's wearing a smaller gear. Right. Which again was even more of a challenge because it was like, how are you making up that giant hill、exactly. on a really tiny gear?、And、They basically explained it for non bike people like me、yeah. that by having a smaller gear, you have to rotate your. Pedals like、mm-hmm. twice as much,、mm-hmm. and it, it just makes it that much harder. Yeah, and it's explained that parents do it because they want their kid to not go that far. If,、yeah. if you find out your kid's biking all the way to Akihabara,、mm-hmm. which is like three hours away,、yeah. I probably would have done the same thing. Well, I mean, they also gave it to him in like fourth <laughs> grade, so I don't know how old, like he's like, what, nine, maybe ten? So he's been, that's a long way to、that's、bike, and he's been、way. doing it since he was in fourth grade when he got、yeah. this bike. There's a girl who's an actual speed bike enthusiast, and she's been actually really friendly to Onada as well. And she really likes Imaizumi as well. Her brother, you end up finding out later on, was the captain of the bike club at that high school and he runs a bike shop. So they add a second gear to his bike for him. Because they're just super nice. Yeah. They want him to be a, a better biker because she sees that he has a lot of talent. Yeah. She's the one who ended up adjusting his seat in yes, that race. Exactly. And she's like, hey, your stance isn't right. Or your posture is not right. Let me fix that.、Yep. And all of a sudden, he could like, he could bike way easier. And it was like, yeah. Because, like me, I didn't realize that that did something. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm Onoda in this world. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know anything about bikes, except that I can't bike 45 kilometers away. You can barely、Probably、ride the bike、not. as it is. Yeah, I'm yeah. not good on a bike. <laughs> but so, again, this is like this. So, the show, don't get me wrong, it's really slow. But for me, the, things like this are what kept me interested. You're starting to see this guy grow. He starts to see the seat thing helps him learn, the gear thing helps him. Helps him learn, and then when you finally get to the final episode, 
He's going to be joining the high school team with Imaizumi and Naruko, and they each have their own unique talents about them, basically, and he's just there to give it a shot. Why not? Plus a couple other new newbie guys. So day one, they have a race. It's like 60 kilometers yeah. through hills and city and main flats. And it's crazy. It's a crazy race. It really is. And what was really cool about it is is the girl who's a really, like, enthusiast in bikes her well, brother was gonna lend him a bike she's also gonna be the manager for the team oh that's right she is but he doesn't make it in time but for the race to start yeah so he's got to use so his mommy bike he does and it's terrible because it's just yeah, it's a it's crappy bad. bike and it's you can just... really see how it's outclassed yeah you really can like mm-hmm. you you go into the episode thinking oh he he might be able to pull through this mm-hmm. you know because he's been doing it so far and whatever but then you very quickly see it's not gonna work. No. Like, it gets really desperate, and he just cannot keep up with all these other guys. Even the newbies. Yeah, even the newbies. They're just like, well, we have to go now, and they just kind of leave him behind, and it's like, oh no, like, I really started to feel for him. Yeah. You know, I'm like, just, you could do it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you can't. Find that, like, wall or something that's gonna help you push through it. Yeah. The captain and the other people on the team who have been on there for a while. Which, by the way, I really enjoyed the little spotlight they gave them. They said like their names and their special talents. And, and everybody has a cool why. nickname. Yeah, it was yeah. really cool. But anyway, so they're following behind everybody in a van. Mm-hmm. And they're going to pick up anybody that they didn't think was going to make it. Yeah. And so when Onoda fell off his bike because the chain came off because he was just trying so hard to mm-hmm. catch up to everybody... The van pulled up and he's like, no, no, no. He's like, I can do this. I can do this. And he's just like trying to go and get on his bike and leave. And they they end up like getting in front of him and getting out. And he's like, no, I can do this. And he's like on the verge of tears. And then she pops out and she's like, we got, we brought your bike for you. Sorry that it took us so long. And it was like, oh, yeah, you know, it's like, oh man, I feel so much better now. Like you start getting tense because of it. You know what I mean? It's, It's drawing you in. Yeah. And so he jumps on this new bike and he just takes off, you like, know? It, and a lot of them are, like, learning to ride on a speed bike. is It's really hard for yeah. anybody. And he just jumps on. He's gone. And so the episode just ends up ending with all of this hope. And it's like, he can catch up. And Hopefully. they tell him. They're like, you can still make it if you go now. Yeah. But you have to go now. Yeah. And so he took off. And he rode off into the sunset. Basically. <laughs> so I'm hoping when we start to watch the next six episodes, he catches up. I imagine he will. Yeah. But... I'm excited. I am too, because I like this, you well, know? You, you, this is where you kind of have to feel for this guy and how the rest of it's going to work. So they already have the team, and the thing that none of these people know who are on this race as first years is that they're only going to take the top two people who finish. Right. And right now, the top two people are Imaizumi and Naruko, because right. they each have their own talents. One's like an overall really good racer, one's just really fast. And they're both like way, 20 minutes ahead of yeah, everybody. Yeah, they're way ahead. And the newbies are obviously playing catch-up. Like, they're not doing bad, but they're not doing great. And he is in dead last. Just got a brand new bike. So the question is, sure, he's probably going to make it, but who doesn't? I think that he's going to get so far ahead. He's not going to win, but they're going to see his potential. And keep him on And they're going to keep him on. And take three instead of just two? Yeah, that's what I think. That's not a bad call. That's probably a good idea. Well, just because he's been able to outshine everybody so far Mm -hmm. in just, like, being able to jump on and do things. Show potential. Right. Yeah. So, and his heart. His and, heart is there. And that's what they were saying right when the race took off. They are like, we don't think he's going to complete it, but this guy's got a lot of talent. So I look forward to watching the next six episodes. Again, it's not my favorite. It's up there in terms of an anime that I really enjoy watching. So yeah. I look forward to it. But it's definitely not bad. No, it's and just like, a little slow at first. Yeah, but the storyline is very good. And I can see 
like already wanting to see what happens next and again i would think you would like it more because it's not just about the sport it really builds up the characters and their stories and their backstories exactly and it's teaching me a lot about bikes that i had no idea about because i don't have one yeah (laughs) i I, I really like it not because it's not just sports anime as well but it's about a guy who never had any friends and he's making friends it's just a really big change for the guy and i like that it's pulling him out of his shell exactly versus where all the other shonen animes the main character ends up being this really outgoing oh lovable guy except for Naruto right away but like yeah but that's very true you know I didn't think about that you look at Haikyuu you look at Ace of Diamond they're they're just everybody is drawn to them exactly and this guy he was never anybody that got drawn to him is just by happenstance that's very true and now all of a sudden he's making friends because of bikes aw now I like it even more there you go (laughs) there you go I see things my eyes wide open good choice Sinok thank you (laughs) Um, so we were talking about how he was riding on a mommy bike or a mama's bike. So they have a lot of those in Japan. They do. The actual Japanese term for it is a mama chari. Chari is the slang term for bike. So a mama chari is just what you would find in your garage, basically. Just your basic worn bike that you can just use to go down the street to the grocery store or, oh, I got to get to the train station today. And yeah. You just, I got to pick up my kid, you know. They always have um, a basket on the front so you can carry stuff in and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just your basic, like, $100 bike. So when we were in Japan, man, you could see bikes lined down sidewalks yes. and side streets and stuff All like that. They are over. everywhere. They really are. Hundreds and, of bikes. And what's even more crazy is, like, I guess Japan is just so populated, especially in Tokyo. Like, you see jillions of people walking, biking, you see all these bike racks, yet there was still some traffic, too, yeah. in the cars. And it was just like, how? No one takes the damn car. <laughs> Why yeah. is there so much regular traffic among it, the rest of the traffic? That is very true. A lot of them were taxis, and a lot of them were, like, business vans, mm-hmm. you know, like, making deliveries. Yeah. But there were still a lot of actual cars. I really do wish a lot we here in the United States, besides, I know, like, New York kind of is, maybe, like, the Bay Area because of BART. But like oh, like more walking, biking to a train station, get on your train and be able to get where you need to go, transfer to another train if you need to. Yeah, it's just so much more accessible in Japan versus here. So right. being able to see all of those bikes makes a huge difference. And we kind of started to notice that in San Francisco in San Jose because they started doing like bike rentals. Yeah. You can go and they have like racks or little machines where you can unlock a bike and mm-hmm. bring it back, you know. Like they have it in Cincinnati. And Japan has tons of those rental bikes they all do. over the place. Well, the difference though is that Japan not only has like the motorized ones where you can mm-hmm. rent out things, but they also have actual stalls where you can, or you know, stands mm-hmm. where you can rent out bikes from people. And oh. that's mostly how it is because people just buy these cheap mamachari and rent them out for yeah. tourists and whoever is going to be there. You can They're really cheap too. You get them on average for $10 a day. Don't, I remember when we were looking, don't some of like the Airbnb type houses that we were looking at, yeah. like staying at, have bikes there. Like there was one of the selling points was like, hey, we have a couple bikes in the garage for you guys to use while you're here. Yep. And he, Justin was talking about all these bikes parked on the streets. Mm-hmm. Like eighty percent of them were Mama Chari. Yeah. Because that's just it's, it's, ju- it's your commuter bike. Yeah. Yeah. You, know, you want it to be comfortable. Um, this is a note that I found really interesting: is that they actually have a Super Mama Chari Japan Grand Prix. That's kind of cool because like he would have fit perfect. Right. And he probably would have won. He probably would have won it. He probably yeah. would have won it. 
It's a seven-hour endurance team race on the Fuji International Speedway that they mm-hmm. hold every January. And over 1,000 teams enter. That's insane. That it is, is. It's not that it's just 1,000 people. No, it's 1,000 teams. Yeah, and some people get in the spirit and will have, like, costumes, group costumes and things <laughs> like that. But... Giant Pikachus. Yeah, well, I saw one. This person dressed up their bike. They put, like, cardboard around it to make it look like a fish, you know? And yeah. they were riding their koi around, around the speedway instead. <laughs> I was like, that's really neat, you that's know? actually really clever it is it, the fact that they have something so non-serious mm-hmm. it's just fun you know it's, yeah it's kind of nice like they don't really do stuff like that around here no they don't they have like bike nights or whatever but those mm-hmm. aren't really that's just an it's excuse for people to get drunk and ride a bike, ride a bike for four hours like yeah but with all of these bikes, you, you can think they need to be able to find, like, stowing areas for Yes, because the bicycles. sidewalks can only hold so many. So they have an underground robot bike parking system. It's called EcoCycle, um, and they store 204 bikes 36 feet underground in a nice bike filing system. I first saw the video about this a few years ago. I'll put the link for that one. Mm-hmm. It's actually from Danny Chu who sends out periodic emails just about random stuff in Japan all the Mm -hmm. time. So the thing that he did was really neat. He put a camera on his bike, and then he stuck it in the thing so that we can get an inside view. Oh, that's right. I remember that. Yeah. So this actually shows you the inside of the entire system. It's really neat. Yeah. I forgot you saw it. Yeah, I remember that now. It's kind of like, do you remember in Tokyo Drift, Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift, Mm -hmm. when when Lil Bow Wow gets his car out of the garage, and like it's this whole thing that like pulls his car out from the system and takes it back out and down and outside. It's like that, but underground for bikes. Yeah. So it's really cool. And we need stuff like that here, to we be do. honest. Like, if they could, if we can have those instead of these giant parking garages, we would have so much more space. We would. Black Friday at a mall wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of riding bikes, you know what you could do when you're riding outside? You could play Pokemon Go and just catch all them Pokemons. All them Pokemons. All them Pokemons. Well, you gotta catch them all I thought, on foot or bike. I thought you were gonna go along the lines of how Ash always rode his bike. You no, know, that would have probably been a bit away, but I don't have a ticket that can afford his bike, so I'm have to do it on my Mama Chari. Because <laughs> he needs like a speed bike, because he's he gonna catch all them 150 Pokemon real quick. He does, yeah. And defeat, what is it, the Elite Four? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's four of them. I was thinking ten because of Food Wars. No, there's only four. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Anyway, so Pokemon Go field testing in the U.S. is going to start happening. We already talked about how they were doing it in Tokyo like last month, I Mm -hmm. think. But now they're starting their trials for the U.S. It's their beta testing, but they're calling it field testing because you do have to go outside and catch Pokemon. Get some exercise, people. See the sunlight. Get some burn. So it's a very, very short form. On their website, we'll put a link, um, but you can also just type in Pokemon Go Field Test, and it'll pop up. It's like the first one. They probably want to so, make sure people don't have like a flip phone, because if you have a flip phone, doubt you're going to be able to play this game. No, it has to be it has to be the most up-to-date Android or iOS, Okay. so it has to run on a certain operating system. I yeah. forget which one. Like Jolly exactly, Rancher or whatever the heck it Jolly is Jolly Rancher. Yeah, Jelly all, Bean? Whatever. Or, they got like a Jolly Rancher one too, don't they? Is there, no, that's a brand. No, they have like a swear. Like I know. Lollipop is one of their stupid yeah, operating systems. But that's what I'm saying. They're all named after candy, but they're not brand names of candy. So it, Just like saying. jelly Hearts, bean. Hard candy. Hard candy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, you have to have a, a up to date smartphone. It basically just wants to know if you use an Android or iOS. Mm-hmm. It wants to know your email and your birthday, I think, and that's really all it cares about right you now. You have to specifically have a Google account? 
Oh, yes. That's kind of crazy. And it has to be put on a Google account. But that's it for now. If you get chosen, I'm sure they'll want a lot more info out Mm -hmm. of you. But this is just to put you in the drawing to possibly get chosen for the field test. I'm excited. That'd be awesome to get this. It would. So I signed us up, and hopefully we get it. I mean, we wouldn't be able to talk much about it because we'd be under confidentiality. Probably. But just the fact that we would be able to do it We could at least say if it's good or bad. Yeah. Three questions on this form, and then that's it. So if you want it, go sign up because it's going to be cool. The release date is still for some time this year. The beta is most likely going to be happening pretty quickly. I imagine probably during like the summertime so you can get out in the sun. Right. Well, because I mean, it's already going to be June. Well, mm-hmm. by the time this episode comes out, it'll be June. Yeah. And there's only six more months until the game has to come out. Yeah. Because it has to come out before the end of the year. I mean, so. they could always push it back. No. Don't say that. I'm just saying. No. All Pokemon right. developers, you cannot push it back. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be like Uncharted 4. <laughs> We do have Pokemon Sun and Moon coming out at the end of this year in November, so at least, you know, we'll get that at the very least. I thought it was already out, not gonna lie. Sun and Moon? Yeah. Shame on you. I'm sorry. (laughs) If it came out, you would have had it already. Well, I mean, I didn't play the last series, so I don't know. Yeah, you you bought the last one. No, I have X. Uh, I don't have Ruby or Crystal or whatever the hell it was called. Crystal? What? You're just going further and further back in time. What's the new one called? (laughs) What Pokemon is your favorite Pokemon to date? To date? Yeah. My favorite Pokemons are Sandslash, Abra. See, they're all like the original 150 because... That's the way to do it. They sort of get really weird with these like extra ones like Frogger. It's like, it's a freaking frog. Come on. Get creative. The garbage ones. Those are the worst. Yeah. There's like, there's three and they look like garbage and their names are garbagey and yeah. it's like what is this what's going on you're getting worse you know? it, yeah it really is but Any- with the new ones though i would take a rowlet i would probably take a rowlet too really yeah because i don't think litten or Popli- poplio poplio everybody hates poplio because it looks dumb it's a freaking seal clown for now you with know the, what though it's gonna have a ball on its nose at one point i swear it already kind of does yeah but i bet that's probably gonna be the coolest one in the final form it's gonna probably. be like it's probably gonna look like a walrus like like an angry clown walrus like a mime <laughs> <gasps> that would be scary well, isn't there a pokemon named mr mime yeah and they could go like he goes it. mr mime and like but i'd probably go with rowlet as well just because i like owls as well it kind of looks cool when you look at the rowlet it kind of looks like it has a bikini top like Ariel and the Little Mermaid, because it's got two little leaves that go poop like that on the sides. Oh, you know, I I saw it more like it looks like a ball <laughs> with like a painted face on there. I yeah. guess that too. But yeah. the Litten, eh, yeah. it's just a cat. Yeah, it's a fire cat. Exactly. It's kind of interesting though because when you're looking at all you know these new Japanese games that are coming out, mm-hmm. and we've already mentioned before how big they are on mobile gaming and stuff for your phones. Mm-hmm. If you look at the top ten mobile games, Japanese companies have nine out of the ten spots really? in the top ten, and in those nine out of the ten spots, mm-hmm. they're earning fifty percent of all mobile game revenue. Wouldn't it be technically ninety percent because they're the nine of the top ten? Those top Plus nine spots yeah. make up half of the entire industry. Holy crap. That's what I'm saying. It's pretty crazy. And it's mostly RPG games like Puzzle and Dragons. That's crazy. And, and uh, Pokemon Shuffle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they, whatever it is that they're doing, they know what they're doing. With all these mobile games kind of being out and about nowadays, you wonder if cartridges are dead. Yeah, it kind of seems that way. Like, what's the like, point of having a handheld anymore when your phone's going to be the handheld? Well, even then, with your DS, you download games a lot of the time. Or you can. You don't have to go out and buy the cartridges either. Even on your consoles. Yeah, yeah. everything's downloadable. Yep. Which isn't the worst thing in the world, but, you know, I kind of miss having 
having the shelf with all of these cartridges and system cases and things on them. And- well, one Japanese startup company, uh, Beat Robo, has started a crowdfund to create cartridges for smartphones, known as Pico Cassettes. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's a smart idea. We'll see how it turns out. Yeah. They plug into the audio jack and would play NES and Super NES games, which, if they could get that to work, would be awesome, because I'd love to play me some Super Mario on my phone. That would be really cool. But, I mean, at the same time, you could just play it on your DS. I could. But they need to add (laughs) Super Mario 64. That's what I want to play. Well, they have that. Maybe some Super Smash. They have that on the DSs. Well, maybe I will buy them then. Uh, I think they're just trying to capture on the nostalgia. What we were talking about last episode, this big nostalgia factor. Yep. You know, because yep. why else would they be putting NES games on these cartridges, SNES games? Because that know? was the glory days for Nintendo. Well, it really was, but I mean, you know what I mean? These games, they take up like no space and mm-hmm. people don't buy them. And if they were to buy them, they don't buy them for their phones, you know? Like yeah. we download Sailor Moon Drops, which has way more well, you pixels than things. you can download like things. Final Fantasy. Yeah, you can. I'm just saying, though. You know what I mean? Like, okay, Final Fantasy on a cartridge, I would buy, because then it wouldn't take up all the space on my phone. Mm -hmm. But that's not even how these cartridges work. Because the way the cartridges work, you still have to download the game onto your phone or onto whatever device it is that you're going to play it with. Mm -hmm. And then you plug in the cartridge into your audio jack, and it works as like an authentication key. Oh. So you get access to your account via the Pico cassette. Interesting. And then you play it. So you still have to download the game. Yeah. So it's not actually doing much. It's not giving you any favors. Yeah. You know, except for the fact that you get to hold something in your hand. Yeah. Which, I mean, means something to a lot of people. Because it it's like you can place a value in it because mm-hmm. it's an actual object. It's not just like an invisible title on your phone. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, you don't see it actually taking up space. Right. But it's going to take up space. Yeah. So, I mean, there's pros and cons and... I don't know. So they're looking to get 10 million yen, or about $90,000 for the project. Cassettes would probably be around about $28 before release. Which is a lot. Yeah. I mean, it's it's about as expensive as buying a DS game. Yeah, but if you go to like stores nowadays that sell like all the classic SNES and NES games, some of them are like 60 bucks. Yeah, depending on the game. Yeah. But that's just because of what it is, though. Like, yeah. it's this in its original cartridge in the box with the manual and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. If I'm going to buy, I don't know, Dig Dug on my phone as a Pico cassette, I want to pay 30 bucks for that. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, it's like I said, it's a cool idea, but they have some work to do. We'll see how it goes. Um, the last we checked, they were almost at 40% of their goal. So, and the crowdfund doesn't end until July. Like, there's. Over 60 more days, yeah. Yeah. So they've got time. They may make it if they're already halfway there, Mm -hmm. but I don't know. I think it's something I would probably pass on. Nintendo still trying to find its its old glory days is also thinking about getting into like the animation field. Which Um, they should have done a long time ago. They really should have. And like, I mean, they've dabbled, but they themselves haven't dabbled. So like, Nintendo wants to enter into uh, the 3D animation industry and start making, uh, imagine, movies. Maybe even some TV shows. Mm -hmm. And I mean, like, so far, like we said, Nintendo's kind of gotten into it. But it's only been giving rights to certain things. Like there was the Super Mario Bros. live action movie. Which was terrible. 1993. (laughs) Yeah, it was freaking awful. But... I loved it when I was a kid. 
That's really? Like, yeah. Because uh. because it, it was a Mario Brothers movie. I don't remember. Like I remember it. Yoshi, it was just so bad. Even though it didn't look anything like Yoshi, no, it and really it was didn't. really weird yeah. and stuff. But it was a Mario Brothers movie, and yeah. I was like ten, so it was like, like yeah. Whoa! And you're like a really big Mario and Luigi fan anyway, so yeah. So you know, what it I mean? worked out. And then I mean, if you guys noticed, there was Bowser and Wreck-It Ralph, and I we haven't seen the movie yet, but I guess Pixels had Donkey Kong in it. So again, like all of these characters are Nintendo characters, but Nintendo didn't make this movie. Right. They just gave short term rights so that exactly. way they could appear as cameos in these films. And, yep. You know, whatever. So Nintendo's current president, uh, Tatsumi Kimishima, says, We want to do as much as we can ourselves. So they're kind of tired of being like, Hey, you want to use our Mario? By all means, use Mario. I think it's more so because they're disappointed in what has happened Probably. with the use of their well, characters. Well, you know, Wreck Ralph was pretty good. Wreck It Ralph, yes. Pixels was terrible. I don't know why you would give Adam Sandler Anything. any kind of thing. Yeah, no. Just saying, Wreck It Ralph has been like the only time when something good has come out of their property being used. Yeah. I mean, so. one out of three is not bad. They're batting 300. That's baseball. a baseball reference. I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, baseball terminology. <laughs> They're doing all right. If you can go one for three on a daily basis, you're killing it. I don't think so. That's anyway. not good enough for me. That's I mean, a that's, fail. That's one a... out of three is 33%. That's good in baseball terms. 300. Oh, see, I think you just you guys just make up numbers to sound better than it really is. <laughs> 33% is not good. <laughs> Anywho, they want to get their first work out in about two to three years, but they don't have anything specific. Honestly, I'm kind of worried because Nintendo is the family-friendly thing, you know, which is fine. But if you look at their past work, their past games and consoles and whatever, all mm-hmm. of their stuff has been way too young, you know? Yeah, we'll see. Like so, with the Wii U and the Wii and Yeah, whatever. so like I'm concerned that these movies and shows and stuff are going to be meant for like fifth and sixth graders. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It's well, maybe like, it'll be like a Nintendo in collaboration with Pixar. See that? I could get behind. I'd be all over that. Yeah. Yes. I would say maybe even some DreamWorks, but that all depends because certain DreamWorks things definitely do tend to be like too childish as well. Yeah. But there is a lot of potential with that. Yes. Actually... Thinking about it, you know what? They're pro- they may partner up with Universal because of the Nintendo Land that they're going to mm-hmm. throw in Universal Studios in Osaka. It's a good call. Yeah, so maybe that's going to happen. All right. Well, we'll so see. I don't know about that though, but we'll see. Yeah. I'm just afraid that they're going to take their own property and make Destroy. it so much worse than yeah. it could have been by giving it to somebody else. Yeah. We'll you know? see though. Well, in two to three years. Yeah. Maybe when we take a flight to Japan, we'll see one of their movies. Remember when they were talking about that possible Zelda Netflix thing and everybody was like super excited and then they were like, no. They just like shut that down. They were like, yeah, that's not that happening. Was, he said that was all rumors. Yeah. That was part of the article. Which I is sad. About it. It, was just, it was never actually going to happen. Oh, that's, that makes me sad because that could have been cool because Netflix does a lot of really good stuff. Yeah. They, they should partner with Netflix. I remember back when we did our Star Wars episode, we were talking about ANA flights having like the R2-D2... Yeah, the planes, Dreamliners. Which are going to be really cool, right? Yeah, they're well, out now. They're also starting to do something really neat with, uh, I guess, a world cosplayers like documentary. They're going to have that being played on the flight. Yeah, I thought that was really neat. Yeah. You know, not going to lie, it's really hard to come across cosplay news and stuff that it we can is. talk about. I wish there was more, but it, our stuff ends up being very limited. But this is actually really cool. It is. All. With this one, a documentary that was shot at last year's World Cosplay Summit in Nagoya has been added to the in-flight entertainment on all international ANA flights 
as a way to introduce different aspects of Japanese culture to traveling tourists. Which is awesome because there's a lot of neat things to see and do and whatnot in Japan. And to understand. I'm sure people look at cosplay and they're like, what is this? I remember when we Halloween? were there, we saw a couple <laughs> different people like out in the middle of the streets at like different venues taking photos of just themselves in like cosplay. And it's just like, you don't necessarily see that around here unless there's yeah. an event. Right. Cosplay is a very different way of life in Japan. Mm-hmm. And it's very nice. So they want to make sure that other people can kind of get a glimpse into that and kind of see it. And the other interesting part about this documentary that I saw mm-hmm. was that it follows two foreign cosplayers. One's from China, I believe, and the other's from Taiwan. And they're following them as they go through their journey to get to the World Cosplay Summit in Japan. Mm-hmm. So it's not even following Japanese cosplayers. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I thought that was kind of neat. The World Cosplay Summit in Nagoya, it's actually the world's largest cosplay event. Largest. Largest. <laughs> it makes sense because, I mean, you're calling it a summit. I mean, you're yeah. calling, like, everybody to come to this thing if you're a cosplayer. And it's international. Last year, 26 different countries participated. So the documentary is 70 minutes long. It should give you... And it's supposed to give us a look at stuff before the competition as well as the competition itself. Uh, Hopefully they'll have it on Netflix soon. I would love that because I would, I would watch that. Yeah, maybe Crunchyroll will spot it and put it on their site. Yeah. We'd have we'd probably have to wait until after ANA is done with it. Yeah. But I think it's really cool that they're doing that and they're trying to bring more light to cosplay. Yeah, it's really neat. I think that about does it for us this week. Thanks for listening to the show. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and now YouTube at Super Segoy Cast. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and SoundCloud. And on YouTube. We could use that. Yes, we can. We could also use more followers. Please. So on anything, really. Sh- if shoot you- us a like. A follow. Yeah, share us with your friends. A you know, subscribe. let other people know who may enjoy listening to us. Yeah, that we're here. Please do. Like, even if you guys don't necessarily like us, you only give us a shot on one episode or half episode. Maybe give us some feedback, negative or positive, on how you think we can maybe Make change it, it so that we can keep you here and listening to us. Yes. Make sure to send us a message at supersugoycast at gmail Check out our shirts and other stuff at notlg.spreadshirt.com. And also, make sure to check out our host site, Night of Living Geeks, at notlg.com. They have a lot of other podcasts. They really do. Covering everything. And they just everything. keep adding them. So, even if you may not like us as much, there may be something else you guys like. So, yeah. you know. Check it out. Also, thank you to Alex Barroza for our music. Check out the link for more. We'll put it down at the bottom. Yep. Bye. Bye. of the living